some years ago when I was much younger, I worked at Holiday Marina at Lake Lanier, right outside of Lake Lanier Islands, working on the maintenance crew. And I was rather young and didn't have a car of my own at the time. So my father or my brother would come by and pick me up at the end of the day, and they would drop me off in the mornings. Well, I got off work at 3 o'clock, and I was accustomed to one of them being there to pick me up. Well, one day came that quitting time arrived, and everyone I worked with got in their vehicles and went home, and I'm standing on the side of the curb in the parking lot, kind of back off in the wooded area, waiting for my ride to arrive. And I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and, and almost an hour had passed by, and no one had arrived to pick me up. And this was before the days of cell phones, so I couldn't pick up a phone and call anyone. The shop was already locked up. Home was 15, 20 miles away. I was terrified. I was going to have to walk. I didn't want to walk that far. But I think what scared me the most was I felt that I was forgotten. Now, I began to walk, and before I could get to the entrance of the marina, my dad comes pulling in in the car. He said, where are you going? He said, well, I thought you forgot about me. I'm going home. I didn't have any other way except to walk. And he said, no, Tommy, I didn't forget about you. You just misunderstood the instructions. I told you I would not be picking you up at 3 o'clock today, but I would be picking you up at 4.30 because of an appointment that I had. And funny how it is that sometimes we read or we understand or we hear something, we think we have a clear understanding of it. But as life plays out, we come to understand that, that the way we think about it wasn't accurate at all. And it creates fear within us and distrust. And that's happened with the uh, early church. Today's passage of Scripture will be coming from the book of 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verses 1 and 5, and then 13 through 17. The Word of God says, Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us, whether by prophecy or by word of mouth or by letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things? But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel, that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings that we passed on to you, whether by word or mouth or by letter. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace, gave us eternal encouragement and good hope. Encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word 
this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father God, we come before you today, and again, thank you for this opportunity that you have given us to gather into your house. Father, today we just ask that, again, that your spirit is allowed to enter this, the presence of these people, to be with us, to, to guide direct, to touch our hearts and to open our minds. And Father, I ask that during this time that, that you remove from me any desire to speak my own will, but to give me clarity of thought and speech, that I may speak words that are pleasing to you, to edify your church. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Back in the early days, Jesus made all kinds of promises to the people. He said things like that this generation will not pass without seeing certain miracles of mine, and these will be signs of the times. And then Paul and all the other apostles went on to teach in the other churches that, that were springing up to stand fast in their faith and not be discouraged, but that Christ is going to return one day and gather all of his children to come home. Now, that being a new message to the people, they heard it for the first time, and, and in their expectation, they were expecting Christ to return in their time, that, that they would see the day that, that Christ come and gathered all the children home. But as they learn more and more about Christ and what it meant to be Christians, they became weary in watching and waiting. But see, their expectation again was that, that Christ was going to return soon. But what they didn't understand is the, the way that time passes with God and the way that time passes with man are two different things. Soon to us is two minutes down the road. Or soon to us is as soon as the preacher gets finished talking, we can go eat lunch. But soon to God can be thousands and thousands of years because time passes differently with him than it does with us. Think about the creation story. Within six days, God created the heavens and the earth. He, he populated the earth with, with Adam and Eve and with all the creatures. But can we really stop and think that, that in our time frame, that, that all of that could be created within six 24-hour days? Time is different with God than it is with us. Some say that a day to us is like a thousand years to God. And what was happening here is this. The, the new church was rising up, and they were on fire. They were hearing the message of God, and they were experiencing the, the power of the Holy Spirit. They were seeing miracles performed in their, day, in, in their time. These miracles of, of people being risen from the dead. People being healed of the things that ail them. People being born again of Christ. That, that when the Holy Spirit became part of their life, and dwelt in, amongst them and within them, that their lives somehow changed to a degree so great that, that the people around them could only explain it by the power of God working in their lives. And they saw every day these miracles working, and they experienced God in all the new teachings. And they heard the encouragement of the apostles as they told them to, to hold fast as communities would rise up against them. Because see, in our day, we think Christians are persecuted when really we've got it easy. In their day, they were put to death for what they believed. But they believed 
and the promise of the coming of God. And when it didn't happen as quickly as they wanted, they began to lose hope. They began to to lose faith in the message and in the power of God to respond. And Paul comes in to offer these words of encouragement. Don't become so easily unsettled. Isn't that what we do as people? That as soon as our faith starts wearing thin, we start becoming unsettled in our belief in God. But the reality is, is that sometimes God will allow our faith to be stretched so thin that that sometimes we can look straight through it. And it's not an act of punishment, but it is an act of discipline to strengthen and encourage us as a people, to make us stronger, to be prepared, to be able to handle the things that, that God has prepared for us. And when we notice ourselves becoming unsettled in our faith, it is our duty and our responsibility to lean solely on God and his word for assurance and for empowerment to complete the walk that he has put before us. You see, it's only human for our faith to weaken at times. It's like going to the gym and exercising. When we go in and we see that 25 dumbbell, yes, I'm weak, but we see that 25-pound dumbbell on the floor, and we bend over and we pick it up, and we start curling that muscle one, two, three, four, five times. It starts feeling pretty good. The, the muscles start stretching, and the acid starts running through the muscles, and you feel that burn, and you get motivated, and that burn makes you want to go a little bit further, a little bit harder. But each time you go into a new set, you're going to find that using the same amount of weight, you can't do the same amount of reps. I may do 10 reps with one arm on a 25-pound. I set it down for a couple seconds, pick it up. Next time, I'm probably going to do about six or seven. And in the next set, I'm probably going to do about four or five. And what's happening is it looks, it comes out as the appearance that my body is getting weaker. But what's really happening is this, your body is getting stronger because the first time you experience that pressure, that weight, you have pushed your body almost to its limits. And it had a little bit of time to recover. Now, anybody can tell you that that once you exhaust energy out of your body, it has to have a, a period of time to reinvigorate itself in order to get its full potential. And when you don't give it that time, the next time you exercise it, you're still using your strength and you're still building strength and you're still pushing everything that you can to make it stronger, but you're not doing as much. And that's the way faith is with us sometimes, that that sometimes we get pushed to the limits, that, that we've pushed, God has allowed us to be pushed so far out into the limits of our expectations that we are expecting him to respond right then and right there. And when he doesn't, 
It is our responsibility to choose how to respond to that. Are we going to remain strong in our faith or are we going to become unsettled? Naturally, there will be an unsettling. But when we notice that unsettling happen, then we put on the armor of God and take up the shield of faith and stand firm in the faith that that God has given us through Jesus Christ, that he will never leave nor forsake. And that he came into this world that we live life and live it abundantly. But those exercises of faith are the things that give us the abundant life. If it wasn't for for difficulties in life, then then life would be like just a a straight line. It would be boring. There There would be no challenge, no impact. It would just be a straight line that would be boring. And if we allow ourselves to be settled in our faith and in our hope, then we live out those days with peace and grace. Because I can say from experience that that my God has always done what's right in my life. Not always what I want, but, but always what's right. And I can't allow anyone to take that faith from me. You see, I think that's what happens sometimes is, when we start experiencing those, those valleys and we start wondering where God is, that, that we start holding on to our faith, but then outside sources or outside interference comes into our life and begins to tell us, you know what, why is it that you are trusting in God? God hasn't answered your prayer or God hasn't done what you want to do. Now, in the example given here to the apostles or given by the apostles to the people in Thessalonica, the concern is that Jesus didn't come back and that they, they missed that great opportunity of his return. And Paul comes in and he's telling them, you know what, you haven't missed anything and here's the signs. Here's the information that you need to know that you haven't missed anything. For them, it was the coming of what we refer to as the Antichrist. Paul says that when the Antichrist has come into the power, when this man who comes into the world and establishes a government that abolishes religion, that defames God, and this man sits in the position of power and claims to be God himself and then desecrates the temple, then you'll know you've missed the coming of Christ. But since that hasn't happened, then you know to keep waiting to keep hoping, to to keep working, and and to keep living. Now, I don't know what your life looks like, but I know that when I look at my life, that many times I can treat it like the weather, that I can look to the sky and I can see that the the clouds are forming and the sky is turning dark and that there's a storm coming and, and maybe I need to make preparations because if I don't make preparations for that storm, and I know that that storm is coming, then there's no one to blame except for me if something goes wrong. Or maybe, instead of waiting on God to do what God wants to do, when and how God wants to, 
we hear the voices of others or maybe of Satan himself saying, take charge of this. You own it. You make it happen. Because God is it happening for you. And when we hear those voices, it is then that our faith is put to the test. Because we as a people, as individuals, have to decide on what voice or voices it is that we will choose to listen to. Are we to listen to the Word of God? Uncompromising. Or are we to listen to the impact of the world as it attempts to change our faith? You see, God has kept every promise that he has ever made to man. After the flood, he put a rainbow in the sky and made a covenant with Noah and with humanity that never again would this earth and its people be destroyed by water. And he has kept that word. And when he encountered Abraham, and he said to Abraham that if if you follow my command, if you follow my lead, and you take your people from the land you know to the land that you don't know, then I will make for you a people who are so many that if you were to count the stars, you would not be able to number the people against them. And he passed that promise on from Abraham to his son Isaac until Israel was called out of Egypt and led through the wilderness and sent to the land of promise to never leave nor forsake. You see, God is faithful to do what is right by his people. God is faithful to to keep his word in all circumstances. But he wants us to be encouraged as a people to know that when the world starts offering us another voice, or when our faith is stretched so thin that we don't know what to do. And if the only thing that we can do is to stand and stand firm, then we as a people stand and stand firm. See, God chose us to be the first fruits. to be saved and to sanctified through the Spirit. We are His elect. We are His chosen. And He didn't bring you this far in life to leave you. See, Jesus is going to come back 
when God is ready. And that's one of the themes that the apostles put out there through all their teachings about the second coming. And Christ himself said this. He said that no man knows the hour or the day, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son himself, but only God. And when God is ready, he will call his children home. And there will be no doubt of any Christian. Because if they have not already closed their eyes on this side of eternity, when God calls, we will be raptured up into the church to stand in the presence of the Lamb, to take our place as the bride to the bridegroom. But until that day comes, remember this that God has not forgotten you and he may not have acted yet in your behalf in a way that you recognize but keep up the good fight and stand firm in your faith let us pray Father God, as we come before you today and we close the service, help us to remember these simple truths, Father God, that, that the world has such an issue with in creating confusion for your children. That, that you work in our lives, Father God, in a, in a time that, that we don't understand, but by faith we hold on to you. By faith we continue to, to love you and honor your ordinance and your commands not because of some reward that we get, but because of our love for you, because of what you have done for us. And we know, Father God, that, that you are acting now in our lives for the preparations of things to come. And we know, Father God, that just as Christ came into this world in the lowly form of a man and gave his life on the cross, that the day is coming that we will hear the shout and the clouds will part and the sun will come home to gather the church. But help us to, to remain focused and help us to remain strong in our faith as we live out this life that you've given us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Father God, as we remember the sacrifice that Christ made for us on the cross at Calvary through the breaking of bread and the, and the drinking of wine, help to empower us to face today, to live with, with grace and mercy and with great expectation of things to come in this life and in the life ever after. And help us to always remember, Father God, that your Son died on the cross at Calvary by choice, that we as a people would be reconciled back to you, and that we may live a life of abundance in accordance to your will. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. May grace, mercy, and peace which come from God our Father and from Jesus Christ his Son be with us who live in truth and love. Amen.